I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, James. I'm going to throw it straight over to Louis, who's going to take us through the results from the previous weekend's matches. Okay, so we have to go to Saturday and the early kickoff. Uh, two penalties in this game, but Derby drew 1-1 with West Brom at, Brom at home. Um, maybe one of the surprise fixtures, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but Fulham losing at home 2-1 to Nottingham Forest. Um, big result, Reading winning 2-0 on the road at Huddersfield Town. Uh, Bristol City managing a 3-1 victory at Hull City. Uh, Middlesbrough and Millwall drew one apiece. Um, Preston beating Sheffield Wednesday. I'm surprised James didn't introduce that originally uh, when he when he mentioned the show um, and the episode that's going to be forthcoming. But then winning two one on the day, uh, Queens Park Rangers getting a three one victory against Wigan. Uh, huge result. Leeds beating Stoke City three nil away. Uh, Barnsley um, home defeat three one loss to Luton Town. Barnsley, uh, sorry, Blackburn and Cardiff drew nil-nil. Uh, Charlton continuing their great run of form, getting a one-nil victory against Brentford, and then into the Sunday, another great victory for Swansea. What keeps them consistent? Three-nil uh, against Birmingham City. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the, the Preston Sheffield Wednesday game. I was uh, holding off on mentioning that, uh, but since you brought it up, uh, that'd be a good place for me to start. I, uh, I didn't actually, going into the weekend, believe that we'd get, let alone a win from that game. I thought you'd be, especially with that early season form that you've shown um, so far, I thought you'd be sort of coming away with at least a point from there. Um, we've been a bit sort of hit and miss home games and away games this season, but what we seem to be doing, especially in the Cup last night as we're recording this now, is turning Deepdale into a fortress again and, and scoring goals there, which which bodes well for us for the, uh, sort of the season ahead. Um, in terms of sort of surprise results for me, um, uh, you know, they've started the season well, but every time I see them pick up another victory, it's a bit of a surprise. Um, Charlton winning 1-0 at home to Brentford. Uh, Gallagher with the goal there. You know, I think Brentford will be there or thereabouts this season, as we touched on in our uh, predictions at the start of the season. Uh, they're down in 19th, I believe, at the moment uh, with a, a few other clubs on four points by you know, I expect them with the quality they, they've got, especially in the forward areas, to come good. So seeing Charlton pick up a victory there and uh, and keeping a clean sheet as well, surprising. But, you know, with the way they've started the season, you know, long may it continue for them. Third at the moment, only two points behind Leeds and Swansea and, and a point ahead of Bristol City in four. So excellent start for them. And, you know, we shouldn't be surprised really uh, sort of on their results anymore. They've carried that form that they had in League One into the Championship and are enjoying a good start to the season at the moment. Um, another result which stood out for me was the uh, the, the Middlesbrough-Millwall draw. Obviously, Millwall going there and uh, conceding midway through the second half, but then getting a, a late-ish equaliser. Um, Tom Bradshaw with that goal there, 
you know, great sort of point for them when we played them earlier in the season. You know, they uh, they made it difficult for us, and they seem to be getting back to where they were a couple of years ago, where they were that team that could pick up points off the uh, the so-called bigger sides in the division, and and you know have a decent season. So looking at them, obviously they've brought in a few decent players as well over the summer and, and they sit mid table at the moment. Um started better than I thought they would and uh you know I think they could be in for, for a decent season, you know, considerably better than they uh, than they placed last year. Um they're sort of the ones that stand out for me, Louis. Are there any sort of that differ for you or, or do you have uh, sort of similar ones to me? Um I had Charlton down. I think that's a huge result for them beating Brentford who we know are one of the consistent teams in this division you know probably struggling at the minute but Charlton you know keep keeping up their winning ways and like you say sat in third the other one you know big surprise uh, I think Jake called it last week and I said this one would have been a draw but um, Forrest going to Fulham you know winning 2-1 there uh, Graben doing what he does best I thought he might have had a quite a poor season this time round because you know his, his age isn't on his side anymore uh, but he seems to st- still be you know grabbing the goals excuse the pun um, but going to Fulham and picking up victory there fantastic for Forrest it's just what they needed puts them in ninth position now and you know it's probably a bit of a wake-up call for Fulham as well because I'm sure most people have, would have expected Fulham to pick up at least a point in that fixture uh, and then the other game um I think it was a huge, huge win for Luton um, because, you know, they've not won um, in the season so far. And to go to one of the teams that they came up with in Barnsley and be 3-0 up at half-time was a huge result, you know, for them. I, I know they conceded in the second half, but they may just kick on from that. I know we talked off air earlier, James, about Luton being in games and losing just by the odd goal well for them to like say score three goals and and kick on now that might be just the push they needed uh, but on the other hand it could be a huge kick in the teeth for Barnsley um, I was quite surprised by that result as we know Barnsley have their home form's been fantastic I think that might be only one or two games actually now that they've lost under Daniel Stendhal so um, for him to lose in that one yeah you, you could say it was it was quite surprising but other than that, there's no other fixtures that stand out for me, to be honest, but some great shocks and surprises and big wins, as always, in the Championship. Yeah, I completely agree with the ones you mentioned there. Um, in terms, then, of, of sort of individual performances, there's a couple that I wanted to, to highlight. First of all, um, you know, I'll, I'll go back as many times as I can. Obviously, you've been a Sheffield Wednesday fan and, and myself been a Preston fan. I thought Daniel yeah. Johnson was, was excellent for us at the weekend. A player who wrongly or rightly sort of divides opinions with Preston fans there was sort of talk of him in the last week of the transfer window going to Wigan for for as little as one or two million pounds I think which for a player of his qualities was you know a ridiculously low amount especially with the amount of money that floats around in this division these days and I think now start of the season for him for a player that you know people were overlooking at the start of the year and wouldn't have had him in their matchday squads I think he's got four goals and two assists so far this season, he's got, I think, the joint highest goal contribution in the league at the moment. Uh, you know, Preston, 
top goals uh, sort of scored in, in the top four divisions as well. And he's been right at the focal point along with Josh Harrop when he has played uh, fantastic mm-hmm. again at the weekend, even though both his goals came from penalties. Um, you know, he still got to score him. And I think in, in terms of controlling that midfield, which was something I was worried about before the game, he, he did a fantastic job. And, you know, it's great to see him back to uh, sort of that form that he showed in the first year that we came up and, and that he did when we were in League One. And, you know, if he sort of stays on that for a player that, you know, widely wasn't considered sort of good enough for us by the majority of Preston fans, uh, sort of wrongly in my opinion, you know, it gives Alex Neil, you know, real selection problems, but that's a good thing to have. Um, another player that stood out for me was uh, Benneke Fobe, getting the two goals for Bristol City in their 3-1 win at Hull. Um, one of them been a penalty again, but I thought he looked a real handful. And, you know, Bristol City were sort of in the transfer window. I saw a lot of their fans on Twitter complaining about them not getting a, uh, you know, sort of a, someone who can chip in with the goals, um, you know, real threat up front. And he started the season well for them. Um, got a couple of goals and, and, you know, looks to be a player that if they can keep him fit and, you know, part of that squad can can really sort of mount a serious playoff challenge this year. I think we both tipped them to being in around the playoffs at the at the start of the season when we did our predictions. And, you yeah. know, if he can carry on chipping in with the goals like that and, you know, get up to like the 15 plus goal mark, I think, you know, he'll be a massive sort of addition for them in terms of, of going for those playoff places. Uh, and then the final one that stood out for me, uh, again, another two goals was uh, was Lewis Graben for Forrest, getting the two goals either side of, uh, of half-time, one in the first half, one in the second half, to, to put them 2-0 up at the time. Obviously, it finished 2-1, but, you know, he's been a player who's been around the division for a while now. Forrest, a lot of options up front, sort of everywhere over the park, really. And for them to have, you know, a player of, of Graben's quality who can go to Fulham, who you know, I think I've got a very good squad this year and I think it's only a matter of time before those new signings settle in and, and we see them push up the table, uh, you know, into the top sort of three or four. Um, you know, for them to go there, get that victory and, and look sort of comfortable for the majority of the game, um, even though, you know, Fulham had, you know, quite a lot of possession. I think they only managed six shots on target. So for all that possession, you know, Forrest kept them at bay. Um, sort of relatively well and, and came away with that victory. I think, you know, he was fantastic again on the day. I think Forrest only had two shots, on, uh, three shots, sorry, on target and he converted two of them. So that tells you about his finishing prowess in this division. So again, if they can keep him fit, I think Forrest, we tipped him for a mid-table sort of finish, uh, maybe just outside the playoffs. But I think, you know, they've had a decent start. Unfortunately for us, we played him this weekend and, uh, We've not been the best on the road this season so far. So I think if he can, you know, continue chipping in with a goal similar to a phobia at Bristol, um, that's another team that will be in and around that playoff hunt um, sort of come the turn of the year and into the, the business end of the season, uh, sort of as far away as it is at the moment. Um, are there any that stood out for you uh, sort of same or have you got any else that you wanted to single out? Well, you've took a couple off my list. So I had Graben and Afobi. You know, goes without saying both grabbing a couple of goals there. I, I was going to mention... Well, I, I was going to mention Daniel Johnson, uh, but I knew he—I knew he'd be on your list. Uh, but I'm not going to just mention, you know, the the game and, and the penalties he scored against Sheffield Wednesday. I think he's been consistently very good so far this season. I know it's only five games in, but for him to score four goals, he really does seem like a a clog in Preston's wheel at the minute. So yes, he's he's definitely one of the standout players from the weekend again. A couple more though. Uh, one of them I'm going to revert back to what Jake mentioned. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that's John Swift. I thought he was absolutely fantastic again for uh, Reading against Huddersfield, you know, going there and getting 
the uh, 2-0 victory and Swift managed to get both assists on this occasion. So again, another player that's consistently performing so far and I think he could have a real big season in uh, Reading's midfield if they're, you know, to do anything this season and surprise a few people. Um, and then another player which, you know, his, his name arose at the end of or the back end of last season and I think he's brought his form into into this is Eberiche Ize again for QPR. Um, a goal and assist against Wigan and I think he's another player with his attacking prowess and skill on the ball and his ability to beat defenders that is going to be key to again QPR's success this season and you know potentially keep them in the top half of the table I've always for the last few seasons said that QPR will probably hover just above the relegation zone but with a player like him who seems to be you know getting more confident game by game you know a player like that and, and, and maybe one more that, you know, may flourish during the season. Who knows what can happen? So I just thought I'd add John Swift and Eberiche Ize to the list that you'd already mentioned, James. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, I completely agree with you in terms of those players as well. Um, in terms then of, of sort of singling out a, a team, obviously, we're talking a bit off air um, about this. Uh, Swansea, you know, started the season very well, uh, better than I thought they would with quite a young squad. Uh, joint top relieved only, uh, I think, one goal behind them on goal difference at the moment. So, you know, all the plaudits Leeds have got at the start of this season, we really should be talking about Swansea as well. Obviously, a surprise sort of package last season that came, you know, out of left field that no one really at the start of the season expected much of, uh, especially in terms of challenging for the top two was Norwich City. Obviously, scored a lot of goals, really entertaining games to go to, the amount of games that we covered on here where they'd won by sort of 2-1 or 3-2 in the last minute, you know, lose track of, but it wasn't just a, a, you know, a one-off, it was quite a regular occurrence. Swansea started the season in a similar kind of manner, um, they beat us down at their place a few weeks ago now, 3-2. So, you know, only goes to show sort of what to expect from them this season. Um, as you were doing the, the fixture or the results roundup, rather, uh, at the start of the show, beating Birmingham 3-0. Uh, so another good home win, you know, scoring goals for fun at home, four wins and a draw. Do you think that they can be the sort of surprise package this season, challenging for the top two, similar how Norwich were last season? Or do you think that their squad is sort of a little bit inexperienced at the moment uh, and that playoffs is what they should be aiming for? I think that they can challenge. I certainly think, you know, that they've they've got 
a few decent players that can keep them up there in the table. In terms of doing what Norwich did last season, it's it's a lot to ask. I mean, Norwich City actually probably, you could say, won the league rather comfortably in the end, you know, within the last four games of last season. I don't think Swansea have got enough to do that. Um, and I think that they may you know, hover in the top six till Christmas. What happens beyond that, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, it's it's interesting, actually, because when um, it was Cooper that was in charge, wasn't it? Bef- uh, sorry, Cooper's in charge now. It was Potter that was in charge before Cooper. Uh, and when he was in charge based on last season and, you know, having time to adapt and given the, the summer transfer window, I really expected under Potter, that Swansea could have been a top six team this season. And then when Cooper was appointed, I had I had question marks over him. I, I think I put Swansea somewhere around 11th, 12th in, in my predictions for, for the remainder of the season. So, so far, so good. Uh, Cooper's, Cooper's doing a good job, obviously, unbeaten so far, scored more goals than anyone in the division as yet with with 11 and and that 3-0 victory like you said James against Birmingham was just yeah it raised a few eyebrows and I think you look at the first team you know players like Borja Bastons come in and, and settled in just nicely he's he's top scorer in the league at the minute with five goals um, and we all know what you know, Selena and, and AU, what kind of players they are. I'm, I'm really impressed with the goalkeeper, actually, Freddie Woodman. I think so far he's he's having a cracking season. Um, so, yeah, so far so good. I'm, I think it's obviously still too early days to say that they could be a surprise package. It only takes a couple of defeats, especially at the minute with the league being so tight for a team to drop off. Um but yeah, there's no reason why they, they can't be a dark horse. One one question mark for me would be: Have they got enough strength and you know strength in depth, um, you know, on, on the bench, etc. Um, but then I always say a team's got to get out close when it gets to January. They can bring in uh, players on loan, or they can you know free transfers or whatever market they want to explore. So if you know Swansea are hovering in the top six come January, then they've got every chance. Um, but to answer your question, I think it's yeah. At this stage, it's it's, it's far too soon to say that they they could do a Norwich, but uh, Cooper, like I say, so far so good. Uh, we'll see what this next month or so brings. Yeah, I completely agree. We I think at the moment, um, you know, a little bit sort of lacking in depth. Obviously, you touched on there, uh, Borja Baston, top goal scorer in the uh, in the division at the moment um, with five goals. You know, settled really well for them. So I think he'll be, you know, sort of a, a big sort of uh, addition for them this season, especially having lost Ollie McBurney in the summer. Um, I think what is good for Swansea as well, looking down sort of their their transfers sort of from the summer, um, you know, hardly really spent a penny when you think that they've got that money coming for Daniel James and also Ollie McBurney. They've managed to, yeah. uh, you know, clear a lot of the uh, the wage bill as well with, uh, with several people going who would have been high earners at the time as well. So I think for them, you know, the start of the season was, was about sort of uh, steadying the ship, you know, rebuilding with, uh, you know, with what they had. Um, and I think, as you mentioned there, that January window for them, out of most teams in this division, I think could be the most important for Swansea. Obviously, they've got the funds there to go out and, you know, reinforce the squad if need be. Um, obviously, the manager may be happy with what he's got at the time. But I think, you know, they're probably one of the best suited teams for 
they sort of run up to January, you know, they're, they're playing well, they're scoring goals, their new signings seem to have settled really quickly, Woodman and, and Borja Baston, as we mentioned there, um, you know, come in and, and, and look, you know, like they've been there for several years, so really impressed with them at the start of the season so far, and, and with that sort of 35-odd million that they brought in for those two players that I just mentioned, you know, the funds are there if they do need to strengthen, I think, Probably for them, experience would be what they needed in January. Um, it's still a relatively young squad. You look down the likes of, of it is, yeah, Selena, Woodman, Roberts, um, for example. You know, young players, sort of in their late teens, early twenties. Uh, the majority of them. So if they can bring in a little bit of experience as well, you know, why why not? Can't they uh, they challenge? I think at the moment. I still think they'll get in and around the playoffs. I think there are, at the moment, um, squads on paper that are a lot better. Your likes of West Brom and, and your Fulham uh, sort of leads, definitely. So I think playoffs is where they'll be aiming at the moment. But, you know, if they keep up this early season momentum going like Norwich did last year and, and you know, get on a, a, a run, which they are seemingly doing at the moment, not lost in the league yet this season, you know get to January and then sort of assess it from there. You know, why can't they challenge for the top two? But I think for them and their fans, it's going to be a sort of a, a bit of a thrill ride between now and Christmas with the amount they're scoring. And, uh, and you know, hopefully for their sake, it continues. Because I think, you know, on their day, they are one of the best football insides in the league. And, uh, and you know, why can't they be up there? Um, but then in terms of, obviously, we mentioned Swansea there. For teams that have, you know, sort of over-underachieved so far this season. Are there any in particular that stand out for you? Obviously, you look down the table, we touched on Swansea there, I think, have, have exceeded everyone's expectations so far, even though it is still early days. And then you look at the bottom two, Huddersfield and Stoke, which, mm-hmm. you know, I tipped them both to be in and around the mid-table mark, but I didn't expect them to start as badly as they did, both without a win so far this season, both on one point. And even though it is early days, you know, are sort of a little bit adrift, you know, a win, probably would only take them up a place or two at the moment, looking at the table and, and their goal difference. So are there any other teams for you that have stood out in sort of a, a surprising way at the start of the season and exceeded your expectations for them? And are there any sort of on that note as well that have, you know, gone beneath your expectations for them at the start of this season? Yeah, I'll start with, I'll start with overachieving. Uh, for me, you, you can't look past Charlton, you know, straight up from League One, uh, currently sat third. I think Johnny Williams is having a fantastic season so far. I think he's actually got the most assists, maybe, or, or thereabouts. Yeah, he has with or joint fourth with John Swift, who I mentioned earlier. Um, so they're doing fantastically well. You cannot mention Charlton without Lyle Taylor either. Um, I've, I've always said though on, on this on this show that. I think ultimately Charlton, you know, will hit a brick wall one day. I think they don't have enough strength in depth. Um, a bit like we touched on with Swansea, but that's different circumstances. Um, so I don't think, you know, they're going to sustain this run where, they, you know, they're in the top six for too long. But, you know, every point gained in this division, and, and as soon as they get to that, 45 50 point mark and and you know that's that's staying in this league marker um anything beyond that who knows with charlton you know if if they're sat in let's say the top half of the table come january february time there's there's no reason why if if they can keep up this momentum um that they could continue to exceed people's expectations including myself i just like i say though i think they do 
lack a bit of quality. We're only five games in and, you know, they've, they've managed to get three victories, two draws so far. But I think the big question mark is when they get that first loss, what, how, how will they take it? Because that will happen, you know, in the championship. You can, you can easily, easily lose two, three games on the bounce in this division. Uh, games come thick and fast. Um, so it'll be how they handle that for me, Charlton. Um, but doing, you know, Bowyer, hats off, doing a fantastic job so far. Many people have probably tipped them to go straight back down. And and I'd, I don't think that'll happen. I think that they can give it a good push. I still think that they'll probably finish around 15, 16, but um, doing great so far. In terms of underachievers, though, um, I know it's quite easy to look at the the bottom half of the table or the bottom two in the division, bottom three in division, which is Huddersfield and Stowe, but I'm not going to talk them um, because for me, they're kind of probably going to struggle all season. I think the, you know, early signs show that they're, that they're not going to be too good at all. So I'm going to say Brentford. Uh, Brentford for me, again, always mentioned that they're one of the best football insides in the division. I know they lost Mope. Um, they're currently sat in 19th. Uh, but the reason and the explanation for me thinking that they are currently underachieving is I think they've still got the you know key players that they had for the last few seasons, as in Ollie Watkins. Uh, they've now got Pontus Janssen in defence. Uh, Canos is still there. And like I say, they are in the you know wrong half of the division, but the three defeats that they have lost should I say um, they've, they've, they've lost them all 1-0 and I think on another day you only have to look at the game against Charlton the amount of shots they had I think it's just not going for them at the minute so eventually things I believe will will come good for Brentford and they'll they'll continue to rise up that table I, I had them in my predictions at beginning at season seventh and I'm going to stick to that I think you know they've, they've only managed to Scored two goals so far, but they've also only conceded four goals. So you, it's like you mentioned earlier about Luton. Brentford are also in games. They've just not got that little bit of luck going in their way at the minute. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to stick as Brentford as my underachievers and expect them to climb the t- table sooner rather than later, James. Yeah, I completely agree with the two that you've uh, that you've mentioned there. I think I'll uh, I'll go for two different ones. For the team that's sort of stood out and impressed me so far this season with how they've been playing, which is a bit of a weird one if you look at the table. They're currently sat in 11th, so more or less banging mid-table, but they've done a lot better than I thought they would. They've had a tricky start on paper playing teams like Huddersfield and, and Cardiff, and that's Reading. Um, the Huddersfield and Cardiff games, you know, scored five goals in them too. Um, really impressed me when they were on TV against Cardiff the other week, and I think... Yeah, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere there, sort of entered the transfer window, obviously signing Puskas, um, you know, they kept all the John Swift and, and brought in other players as well. And, you know, seeing Simeon, who is on this show from time to time, sort of on Twitter at the moment, um, you know, they've had a really good start uh, considering how we, we sort of tipped them at the start to be one of the teams that struggled. Obviously, they brought in Lucas Yao from, uh, from Sheffield Wednesday as well. And, uh, you know, I think for them, I tipped them at the start of the season to to be a team that would be in and around the relegation zone. I thought they'd have a little bit too much to get properly dragged into it. Um, but I did think that they'd be in that lower half of the table. But for how they've started and how they're playing at the moment, you know, Pushgas having a massive influence early on already, Swift getting the assists. And 
you know, I think for them, if they carry on in, in that vein of form, I think they can be one of the dark horses for a, like a top half finish this season. So really impressed with them so far. And I think obviously if, if they can keep everyone fit and, and keep that feel good factor around, I think for Reading over the last few years, there has been that negativity and, and a bit sort of doom and gloom from the fans sort of looking in from the outside. So if they can keep that going, you know, who knows where that could take them. But I think for me so far this season, desp- uh, really impressed with them. And I think they continue that they'll have their they'll have a good season um in terms of a team that have disappointed for me i will touch on the uh the two that are down at the bottom huddersfield obviously coming down from the premiership you know never going to be easy for them but if you look at the sort of the team that they have got at the moment that main spine of the team you know is still there they've added you know players such as fraser campbell as well who knows this division um and you know i didn't i thought they'd find it difficult but I didn't think they'd start as badly as they have obviously one point level with Stoke that I'll touch on in a second without a win in the league and you know got beat 2-0 at at home to Reading last weekend you know um, without a manager at the moment uh, as we're recording this and you know really sort of worrying for them at the moment obviously it's still early days and that can turn around you know two wins on the bounce for them and as the table stands at the moment that I put them in mid-table so it is still early in terms of the table but seeing how they've played and and the fan feeling at the moment I think they are going to be in for a really difficult season and could probably replicate what Stoke did last year in terms of you know struggling in and around the uh, the bottom sort of third of the table for the majority of the season before they you know eventually pick up so not impressed with them at the moment so far um obviously Stoke as I said again at the start of the the season when we did our predictions I thought you know that they would find it difficult again obviously they got rid of some of the the high earners off the wage bill but Looking at the team that they've got at the moment, you know, for a team like Stoke, who have been a Premier League side and have obviously got that money there, you know, you look at that team and it doesn't scream team that are going to, you know, challenge for the playoffs at the moment. You know, they've got players like James McLean and, and Tom Ince at the moment, but, you know, Tom Ince, obviously everyone sort of sort of just this real sort of threat in the division, but, you know, the last year or two, he's not really sort of done it for them. Um, Jack Butland, obviously, some of the errors he's made this season. Um, all the goals when they played us were, were largely his fault. And uh, one of the, the goals that I saw they conceded in the Cup last night was was awful as well, where, where Butland basically kicked it at his own centre-back and that allowed uh, the opposition forward to get in and, and round him and score. So, yeah, not impressed with them at all this season. I didn't think they you know do much this season in terms of challenging but I didn't think they'd start as badly as they have and you know as I said looking at that that squad on paper not really filled with a lot of confidence for them so they're the teams that I think will uh, will struggle this season and haven't impressed me so far Um, but in terms of teams obviously sort of doing well in the league this year focus more on a goal side now Um, looking at the teams that have obviously started the season well Really surprised that we've scored as many as we have. Um, are there any that are standing out in particular for you that can sort of score the most goals this season? Obviously, that doesn't mean that they necessarily will get promoted, but who do you think will be the, the team that does get the most goals this season? And then on that as well, who do you think will be the team that sort of struggles to, to find the back of the net? Um, it's an obvious choice, but I can't you know, go past looking at the top of the table, and that's Leeds United. I think early indicators suggest that they, they, they can score goals for fun if, if there's a, a weak enough opposition against them. Um, 
And I think you only have to look at their victory against Stoke to know that. And and I'm not just going to say Leeds because they're simply top of the table and they've managed to score 10 goals in, in five games. Um, you know, there's there's evidence to suggest that with the players they've got, like Bamford, who I'm also going to tip to probably be the top goal scorer this season, um, they've, they've got strength in numbers and they're a team that if somebody or such as Bamford or Costa, who's not even getting really game time in the minute, as, as well as uh, Nikita, if they're not going to get the goals, the, the, the players in midfield will. Um, you know, you look at Hernandez for sure. Uh, in fact, the, against Stoke, two, two full, full-backs got the goals in Dallas and Alioski. And, and, and that's the reason why I'm picking Leeds. Um, and, and the reason why I think they will score more goals than anyone this season is that, like I say, strength in numbers. And if one player doesn't perform, somebody else will. Uh, you know, Hernandez isn't, hasn't been one for grabbing goals yet, and I'm sure he will. Uh, and there's a couple of other players, like I mentioned, when Costa and Nikita start getting game time as, you know, games come thick and fast and injuries, suspensions kick in. That's where I see, you know, Leeds being right at the... The, the right end of the division and, and they'll pretty much be in my top three for the remainder of the season, I'm sure. And it's, it's because of those reasons. Uh, but regarding conceding least, uh, the least, James, I'm really probably going to surprise you now. And, and you could mention teams like Leeds or your Fulhams and West Broms, but I'm actually going to say and, and touch on the team I mentioned earlier, which is Brentford. I think Brentford might be the team to concede the least this uh, season. Uh, They've conceded four goals in five games so far. Um, And the reason that I say Brentford is because, like I mentioned earlier, it's just not quite clicking for them as yet. Um, They are losing games 1-0. But with the, you know... The goalkeeper, they've got David Ray, who I think is a decent keeper. They brought, obviously, Janssen in from Leeds. They've got Pinnock, uh, Julian Janvier as well at centre-back. You know, experienced players in this division. I think once they do click, that their defence is going to be key. It's just not happening up top for them at the minute. And that might be down to the loss of Maupai. Um but yeah, it, like I say, it might come as a surprise. And when Brentford do start picking up points, I think it's ultimately because their, you know, back four and goalkeeper is gonna gonna win them points. And I really can see Brentford maybe not conceding any more goals than the games that they play this season, which would be forty six. So I'm for that reason, James, I'm gonna pick Brentford. I, in terms of goal scorers, I think Leeds, um, same as you, I think they'll be the team this season that gets the most goals. I think, you know, losing Roof was a sort of a, a blow for them, but Bamford looks like he's going to step up. And then they've got Enketia as well of Arsenal, who, you know, has chipped in with a few goals as well so far this season. So I think in terms of forwards, you know, they're already scoring. You're looking mm. the likes, as you mentioned, Hernandez in midfield. Klitsch uh, got a few last season as well. And, yeah. you know, they've got uh, Jack Clark back and, and Harrison, Hilda Costa as well, coming in from Wolves. You know, all good for uh, sort of a few goals here and there. I think the other one who could potentially be up there as well is Fulham. Obviously, they're sort of forward line at the moment. He's probably one of the, the strongest in the division with uh, Caballero, Knockart, Mitrovic. Um, looking at them uh, sort of the other week against Millwall, you know, putting four past them. And with the likes of Tom Kearney in midfield as well, providing the assists, I think, you know, 
they're going to be a real sort of force offensively this season. The only sort of question mark for me with them would be at the back. But you know, with team uh, with a team with uh, with Mawson and and Byron and for example, I'll, I'll always do well in this division. Um, in terms of the team keeping the most clean sheets, I was a little bit torn. Um, and I think I'm going to go with the team that I think will score the most goals, and I think that's Leeds, um, which may be a weird one to say, considering you know they lost Janssen in the, uh, in the summer, and sort of their defence isn't, I'd say, the strongest at the moment. Um, but I think with the way that they're going to control games this season against other teams... I don't think yeah. they're going to give teams a lot of the ball and give them the opportunity to score many goals. With the way they line up, obviously, with Forshaw, Klitsch and, and Phillips just behind them in midfield. Um, obviously, Kiko Kassir as well, one of the stronger goalkeepers in the division. I think in terms of sort of hiding that, not weakness, but that, that fact that they have lost players like Janssen in the summer, I think in terms of them keeping the ball and not allowing other teams to, to get at them, I think will be sort of the key for them. So, for both of them, uh, as someone from the other side of the pen lines, it pains me to, to praise them that heavily. Um, always hurts praising a team from Yorkshire, um, which is why I was quickly uh, sort of on to mention the uh, the victory over you at the weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Leeds, for me, strongest team in the division this year. Um, you know, goals won't be a problem for them. Uh, and I don't think uh, sort of been, well, I've been able to shut out teams as well, I think, will be... Uh, a bonus for them as well. I think Bielsa compared to last season as well, obviously did fantastically well for, for them last year has, has learnt the division a lot better in that first year in charge. And I think, you know, they're going to be one team potentially that could, you know, run away with the division, maybe not to the heights of, of like Wolves in in previous years in terms of just completely bossing it. But I do think that they'll mm. have a really good season and, and probably be in that top two come the, the business end of the season. Um, but then just before we finish, in terms of previewing a few matches for next week, there's a couple that obviously we've selected here. Um, first one in a couple of days' time on the Friday night game as we're recording this, Cardiff against Fulham. Obviously, Cardiff have been a bit sort of hit and miss at the start of the season, struggled in a couple of games, but you know managed to get points on the board against Fulham, who have for the most part been the same as well. They've, they've bossed games such as the Millwall game that I, uh, I touched on there, but obviously then struggled to... to find the back of the net and the, the game of against Forest last weekend. How do you see that going on the uh, on the Friday night game under the Sky cameras? Uh, it's obviously at Cardiff. Do you think Cardiff will be able to sort of hold strong and keep Fulham out? Or do you think Fulham will go there looking to come away with three points? If I was to pick a team to win, I'd probably go with Fulham. However, I think both teams are going to be afraid to lo- lose this one. And it's, it's probably quite surprising, actually. If Cardiff do win, they'll go above Fulham. Um, so Cardiff have got you know, a, a, an expectation there that like if, if they get a victory, I know there's obviously be sat this fixtures to play, uh, but they can go straight into fourth position with a victory or, or fifth position, so to say, based on goal difference. Um, so for that reason, I'm actually going to predict a draw. I know that's sitting on the fence a little bit, um, but, you know, both teams coming down from the Premier League, they'll be wanting to get, one you know one up on each other and i think that might just cancel each they might cancel each other out um and with it being on a friday night yeah i'm I'm just gonna go one one in that fixture james okay unlike you i'm not gonna sit on the fence uh i'm gonna go one way which um will probably backfire on me uh but i think fulham will probably just shade this um in all the games i've sort of seen them this season they've had a lot of the ball um 
and obviously with with Mitrovic up front, uh, probably on his day the best striker in this division, I'd say, uh, or definitely one of the top sort of couple. Um, I think they'll go into that game and uh, you know want to put right that that defeat that they suffered to to Forest at the uh, oh, last weekend. Now as we're recording this, and I think that they'll probably just shade it. I think it'll be a good game uh, for the the Friday night game this week. Uh, but if I was to, to put a bet on, I think Fulham will just shade it maybe 2-1. Um, moving on then to the second game, um, which we've got for this weekend, and that's Leeds versus Swansea. Obviously, the top two meeting each other. Um, neither side has lost yet, um, so probably that means a draw. <laughs> um, yeah. But if it was to go either way, who would you see winning, or do you think uh, that this will be sort of destined for a draw? You know what? This is a real tough one to call. Um we we know how good Leeds are, I think, don't we? We like you've just touched upon they're great going forward, they defend from the front. Swansea, this is gonna be a great indicator to see actually how good they are. This you could say this is the game of the season so far, and I think there will be goals in it actually. Um and I think you know what, I think Swansea are probably still slightly better than we realise, even though they're sat second in the table. Um, I think they've got goals in them and this is going to be probably the, one of the, the better teams to go to Ellen Road and, and test Leeds United. So for that reason, I'm going to predict, like you just said, that both teams stay unbeaten and I'm going to say 2-2 in this one. Uh, but I expect it to be very tight, but a lot of attacking football and goals, like I mentioned. So uh, it should be a good game. Yeah, so again, I'm going uh, to go with one team. Uh, sort of to win. I think Leeds will probably just have a bit too much, um, especially at home. Obviously, they suffered, uh, suffered that shock defeat in the Cup uh, yesterday, uh, been Tuesday, um, and I think they'll want to put that right. Um, you know, went out on penalties to Stoke, having been 2-0 down as well. Um, obviously, they rested a few players, but I think those players that will come back in for them at the weekend, they'll be wanting to uh, give the fans something to cheer about. I don't think it'll be an easy game for them by any means. I think you know, Swansea will go there in a sense with nothing to lose, really. Obviously, Leeds is probably the hardest place to go in the league this season. I'd, I'd say, you know, Swansea started the season fantastically well in great form. I think there'll be a lot of goals in this game, um, which I've just tipped Leeds to be uh, the team that keeps uh, sort of or has the best defensive record in the league this season. Um, but I do think that there'll be goals in this game. I think both teams will score, but I think Leeds will probably just shade it maybe. 2-1 or 3-2, um, but definitely, as you said, one of the games of the season in the league this season, um, which takes us then on to the final game. Um, you know, two teams that I think many tipped would be teams sort of around the bottom half of the table this season, Wigan versus Barnsley. Um, I'll do my prediction first on this. So I've gone for, a, obviously, Fulham as an away win, Leeds as a home win, and then with this one, I'm going to do you and, uh, and sit on the fence with this where I think it will be a draw. Um, I think Wigan and Barnsley, um, obviously Barnsley have had a decent start to the season, but I think going to Wigan, uh, you know, Wigan down near the foot of the table at the moment will be wanting to uh, to get points on the board. And I think it may be a game for Barnsley where they, they do struggle to, to break uh, Wigan down. Uh, so if I was to call this one, I'd, I'd say a draw, maybe nil-nil or one-off. Uh, I'm going to predict a 1-0 victory to Barnsley. Uh, and the reason being that Wigan will be desperate for a win. Uh, I think that they will see this game as you know, a, a must-win game. They've lost four on the bounce. I know Barnsley have lost 
two on the bounce and picked up a draw before that. I just think with Wigan that they don't have enough of up top, enough quality to to go out and win games. And I think Barnsley, after their 3-1 defeat and, and poor showing as well against Luton, that they will come and I think they will bounce back. And I really expect, hate to say it for Wigan fans, but I think Wigan will go down this season. I don't expect him to get out of the relegation zone maybe all season. Uh, and I think, yeah, for that reason, I just expect Barnsley to go there and get the victory because I simply think that they've just got that little bit of cutting edge that Wigan won't have this season. So, yeah, I'm going to stick 1-0 to Barnsley. Yeah, so uh, with that, obviously, that rounds up our predictions for the uh, the weekend. No doubt I'll be wrong and it'll, uh, it'll be Me too, opposite yeah. <laughs> results and, uh, and Barnsley will go and win that game at Wigan. Um, but with that, we're out of time. If you want to let uh, everyone know, Louis, any projects you're involved in, social medias, that kind of thing, you know, now's a good time. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Louis Shackshaft. Um, you can check out my website as well, louisshackshaft.com, where all my work is on there. I'm a regular of doing Sheffield Wednesday stats. Um, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday pundit for Feast Football Radio, um, Football League World and the Yorkshire Post newspaper. Yeah, and you can find me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. Um, and more importantly, follow us on our uh, our page for the show, which is at Championship Pod. Uh, Louis does a great job of running that. Each uh, episode is our tip tweet <laughs> each week. Um, so obviously, give us a follow on there and uh, you won't miss any episodes going forwards. Uh, cheers for joining me today, Louis. Um, no doubt we'll have Jake back with us next week as well. I'm sure, uh, yeah. <laughs> and until next time, see you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.